Asbo International would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Security Benefit. Security Benefit is a proud ASBO strategic partner that has offered retirement plans to education professionals for over 50 years. Security Benefit works with school districts across the U.S., helping America's educators move toward their goal of financial security and the enjoyable life they deserve in retirement. To learn how simple it is to add Security Benefit to your district's benefit plan, visit securitybenefit.com ASBO. That's securitybenefit.com ASBO. Neither Security Benefit Corporation or its affiliates are fiduciaries. This information is general in nature and intended for use with the general public. For additional information, including any specific advice or recommendations, please visit with your financial professional. Services are offered through Security Distributors, a subsidiary of Security Benefit Corporation. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. The official podcast. And I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed... John Bricado. John Bricado, with a capital B, I must say. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I say that, you're always like really puzzled why am I seeing capital B? And it's because today, you know, when I think about it, uh, we met years ago in our SPL Leadership Academy. And this is, episode is not about that, the New York Leadership Academy, but it's very similar. Very and similar, if I get yes. into it, um, I want you to kind of let our, our listeners know uh, what it's all about. Yeah, today we are talking about the Emerging Leader Scholarship and the importance of getting yourself out there and building your network and building your friendships in ASBO, not just in your state organization, but in, your, in ASBO International. So today... We have Dr. Matthew Ferrara. He is a past recipient of the Emerging Leader Scholarship through Asbury, New York. And he walks us through his experience and why he thinks it's so important for new business officials to get involved and to become a part of those future cohorts. And we get a little glimpse on the uniqueness of New Hampshire and the, the politics and the funding issues that they're dealing with out there. So we're excited to bring you this conversation today. So here's our conversation with Matthew Ferrara. Today on the podcast, we have Matthew Ferreira. Matthew is the Associate Superintendent for Finance and Operations at the School Administrative Unit 21 located in New Hampshire. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Good morning, Matt. How's yeah. it going? Good, good. It's, it's actually today is the um, first day teachers back for the school year. So. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, you guys well, got an early the, uh, start compared to us. In on this day. Early wow. start. I had to run over, do this podcast, and then I'm heading back okay. to high school. Yeah, <laughs> right, we well, appreciate we'll you, you taking time. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I got to say this. Um, we're happy to actually visit. You know, this is a virtual visit, but New Hampshire is great. Um, right. You know, so many good things about the state. And so um, really excited to have you on. So um, with that, you know, um, Start off, just tell us a little about yourself, you know, about your background, your experience, you know, just to where, how you, or how you arrived to where you are today as SBO. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and again, thank you, Jack and John. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually a big fan of your podcast. So I really appreciate oh, awesome. it. Oh, We'd love to hear this, that. That's great, hear man. <laughs> that you are. I'm glad we got you on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so as I, uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm on the seacoast in New Hampshire. Um, and I will say, um, this is a little sacrilegious to many of our New Hampshire folks, but um, I actually live south of the border. I'm, I'm in Beverly, Massachusetts, 
So um, so you're crossing I mean, the border every day. You don't want to publicize that too uh, widely. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you did just say it on a podcast. That <laughs> about to say. Right, right. Clearly, I'm not that concerned. Right, um, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I didn't start my career in education, um, but I did grow up okay. in a family of educators. Um, so yeah. so naturally, blood. that drove me <laughs> away from public education into business. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to make money. Um, so right. I was I was in the enterprise software um, technology media industry as well as investment services. I worked for Wellesley Information Services and uh, Blackstone okay. Group for um, about thirteen years. Um, but so yes. while while I enjoyed my time in corporate, um, mm-hmm. you know there 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 was a point where my my priorities started to shift. I, I started sure. to, um, we started to start a family. Um, Absolutely. I really felt a need to contribute more <laughs> to society, no, get it. Yeah. And to my community, um, yeah. in a more meaningful manner. So um, mm-hmm. that's when, and and I've always believed in public service and public education. Growing up in with educators, my my father was a superintendent. Both my parents were in special education. Um, wow. So so that's when I went. I got my master's degree in school business leadership. Um, I got my licensure both in Massachusetts. Um, and New Hampshire, um, joined MASBO and New Hampshire ASBO, as well as ASBO oh, International. Wow. Um, oh, you joined, and then yeah, three. I got my first job <laughs> as a business administrator, and that's at, like you said, SAU 21. Um, that was back in 2016. So, um, you know, New Hampshire is is a unique state. So, um, and we really pride ourselves on local control. So, so the school district model is is kind of, uh, it's consists of these SAUs. So we reference SAU 21, um, but okay. really it's, it's these small groups of disparate towns. Um, we serve 2,500 students, um, right. but we have five towns, five school mm-hmm. boards, four budget wow. committees, all the normal committees, such as like facilities, joint loss, wellness policy, et cetera. But for each individual okay. district, oh, that's then a lot six, of things to remember. Six budgets. So, yeah, <laughs> so are you doing ooh. all six of those budgets, Matt? Yeah. So, we, wow. so I'm presenting at our town meetings in six or five different communities, public hearings. Um, so yeah, so it's it's all. Yeah, we're getting mixed up, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. Is Just joking. You know, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, so after I got my, so then I, you know, the the joint board. Um, actually um, supported my EDD um, process and I got my superintendent license um, and they, so we have a 23 person joint board um, and they uh, recently promoted me to associate superintendent position. um, Congratulations on that. The last seven years have been crazy. It's been a learning experience. But you're headed to the top. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. I can't imagine doing anything different. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. We see, we see your face. That's yeah, great. yeah. And you know, Matt, you really inspired me because I'm similar to you in the sense that I live in Connecticut, but I work in New York. So I'm going to have to join Connecticut ASBO. I'm already an ASBO New York member, of course, but I need to <laughs> pony up and, and get my membership going where I actually live, you know? Well, and, and that's, and we'll, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later, but that's, that's what's so interesting about this field is the different how states operate so differently in, in right. hearing those perspectives, but we all have some, you know, common challenges and it's, mm-hmm. it, and that's where yeah. these, you know, this emerging leaders program and ASBO international really benefits us right. is, um, is hearing 100%. some of those challenges that other states go through. 
And, and that's part of the reason we wanted to bring you on today was really talk about the Emerging Leaders Program. You, know, you as a former Emerging Leaders Scholarship winner, can you just kind of set the groundwork and the stage for what the Emerging Leaders Scholarship is for our listeners who may not be familiar? Sure, yes. Yeah. So the Emerging Leaders Program um, provides a $2,000 scholarship um, for that cohort, so those individuals to attend the ASMO International Conference, um, which I think we're all aware of is, is such a huge value add. Um, and that, that program yes. is offered to, to new school business officials who've been in the field less than five years. Um, and, and really the, the cool feature of this program um, is prior to the conference, there's a, there's a pre-conference workshop where that cohort um, comes together early um, and we have that opportunity to meet, um, discuss hot topics, um, you know, mm-hmm. work on school business, you know, focused um, issues and challenges. Um, and it's all, it's all mentored um, or facilitated rather from mentors, um, from emerging leader, um, you know, um, alumni who had attended the event in the past. That's great. So it's really, it's really nice um, to kind of get that in-depth, um, you know. Um, it's like about 30 guys, right? Yeah, I was going to say, how yeah, many are well, in a cohort? Yeah, it may have been, I'm not certain. I mean, I, so I attended back in 2018. I felt like it was closer to like 18 or 20, but maybe it's been expanded since. Um, but um, really cool. Mm-hmm. There's also a, um, an online component where we, you know, we have those oh. discussions on the global um, school business network. That's a great um, resource yeah. and network for you guys. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. And that's, I think that's the whole, or what I've benefited from um, the most mm-hmm. is that ability to, um, develop, to, to start those relationships, yeah. um, that net, yeah. that networking and, and continue it after, after the events. Yeah. So and obviously the emerging leaders group, your cohort are, I'm assuming made up of people from all over the place. So you're, correct me if I'm wrong, being introduced to people that maybe you otherwise wouldn't even have had the opportunity to. And now you're building these, this network, these friendships and people that you can probably just pick up the phone and call across the country. If you're having an issue, knowing that, as you said earlier, many States are dealing with the same issues, but probably approaching them a little bit differently. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Cause I mean, we, I mean, there was, I think the, the closest, uh, closest uh, um, member that I that I worked with was was Connecticut um, yeah. but otherwise we we're I, you know I, I met people from the Midwest the south um, where um, you know just you know how they just their, their organizational models their their funding formulas um, everything's different um, yeah right. we all face similar challenges and, and deal with you know mm-hmm. various stakeholders and school boards etc so it's, it's really really neat. So, so Matt, you um, you said you you stated that uh, you received in 2016, so about seven years ago, right? Um, what I should say, well, why do you apply, or maybe what prompted you to apply at that time that you did? Yeah, so um, it was it was really it was primarily for that that networking. I was just really excited um, for the opportunity to meet similar professionals who were dealing with the same challenges that I was. Um, I was brand new, um, you know, okay. obviously I was networking through the, the New Hampshire, ASBO, Massachusetts, but um, you can never have um, a, a big enough network right? in no. our field where Absolutely. there's there's a limited number, right? There's, there's typically one of us um, in, uh, in each district. Um, so mm-hmm. I really wanted that ability to, to engage in discussion um, on those kind of 
and, and particularly right at the beginning of my career, kind of those day-to-day um, work work issues that I was dealing with. Um, and then maybe, you know, hear a perspective that I may not, you know, may not have considered in the past or, or otherwise thought of. That's great. So can you give us a little behind the curtain experience of what it was like with getting the Immersion Leadership Scholarship and just getting the call? Um, is there kind of like a reception? I mean, what what can somebody anticipate if they're applying for this program or looking to participate? Um, and, you know, what do you think that you benefited most from that entire experience? You know, you did talk about the network a little bit, but any, anything else that really stood out to you? Yeah, it's pretty cool because um, I, I did receive a call that I was accepted into the program. Um, and, and that's a nice personal touch that I don't think we necessarily experience um, right. in this day and age of yep. email, right? So um, so ASBO does a really nice job um, of, of kind of rolling out the red carpet for, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not too often you, you get like excited or like relieved about a phone call. It's usually the opposite, right? Right, right. We're not getting called about good things. No, um, it's like a bus issue or, you know, the food or, you know, who knows what it the is. The fire. <laughs> right. And, and, the, and we're certainly not, you know, we're not, we don't have an expense account. We're not uh, spending lavishly. So it's almost, it's right. almost like, uh, you know, rolling out the red carpet for the, for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there was a, there, we, there's a welcome reception. Um, that was a nice touch, um, and, and that that really allowed us to get to know each other on, on a more personal level. Um, and it also gave us the opportunity to meet the ASBO staff, the, their leadership team, as well as board members. Um, oh, so it's really a great way to, to kick off the the event. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned um, the the networking, um, but I, I just want to reiterate, like, just what an invaluable experience that workshopping. Um, part of the um, program provided, um, it, we really like we really got into in depth with some like you know booster club issues and yeah. various funding mechanisms, um, which was really cool to talk through issues that we deal with on a on a daily basis. Um, you know, and and I really thought it was cool to hear um, how other states operated and um, of course. You know, and, and how we how we're similar but, but different in many ways. So and what and was um, this primarily in person or virtual or a mix? Like what what was the kind of the makeup of your your cohort? Yeah, that was all in person. So oh, awesome! It was That's uh, great. So that that was great. That was pre pandemic. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those are the days, right? And now a quick break for today's sponsor. We'd like to once again thank today's podcast sponsor, Security Benefit. Security Benefit has been offering retirement programs to school districts across the U.S. for the past five decades. As an ASBO strategic partner and proud sponsor of the ASBO International's Emerging Leaders Scholarship Program, Security Benefit helps educators move toward their goal of financial security and the enjoyable life they deserve in retirement. To learn how simple it is to add Security Benefit to your district's benefit plan, visit securitybenefit.com ASBO. That's securitybenefit.com slash ASBO. Neither Security Benefit Corporation nor its affiliates are fiduciaries. This information is general in nature and intended for use for the general public. For additional information, including any specific advice or recommendations, please visit with your financial professional. Services are offered through Security Distributors, a subsidiary of Security Benefit Corporation. And now back to today's episode. What, I'm curious, what was the criteria you presented when you apply, you know, because 
for those listening, and you know, I know that it's uh, for newer SBLs that have under five years experience, um, but you know, we want them to get a sense of um, what they should be thinking about when they're applying. You know, so what would you kind of say to these uh, newer business officials? And maybe, like I said, give a backdrop as to what you did when you applied. Yeah. So, so as I recall, um, there were the application essays. Um, revolved around two primary criteria. Um, one was being um, your motivation um, to become a school business official. And secondly, um, um, evidence or de demonstration of um, your commitment to the profession. Um, so, I mean, so when, if, if you're thinking of applying, what I would say is it's a no brainer. I mean, apply. Um, the, the window of eligibility is, is pretty short. I mean, like I said, I think it's, um, you know, five years or less and you can't have it. I don't think you're, it has to be your first com ASBO conference. Okay. So, um, if you, if you are eligible, take that opportunity, um, jump at it. Um, the, the payback is tenfold versus the, the time that you're going to spend out of, out of office. I think it was four days. Um, there's really, there's really no better venue. Um, you know, to, to gain those different, those, um, various perspectives from, you know, really the, the best school of business leaders in the country, um, cause right. you can meet some really high powered, um, you know, you know, CFOs or assistant superintendents that have thousands of students and, you know, hundreds, you know, hundreds of, of schools. Um, so it's really, it's really a great opportunity to, to interact and, uh, and glean some insight from those people. And you said four days, is that the total commitment and how, what, what, I guess, what time span is that throughout the course of a year, or a few months? What does that look like? So that was, that was, that was the conference and the pre, um, pre-conference workshop. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. So, Got it. And then, and then there's, there's online, uh, the discussion forums, which really is up to you as to how, how much you want to participate, um, right. and interact. So. Yeah, it sounds like an incredibly rewarding experience. So uh, anybody listening who's five or years, uh, five years or less, uh, we encourage you to apply. Um, you so shifting gears a little bit. You know, we're jumping from state to state. Uh, we're we're trying to hit all fifty, and we always like to kind of lean into the uniqueness of each individual state as it relates to our profession. So you kind of gave us a little bit of a hint at the top of the episode about why New Hampshire is unique and how your school district are, are kind of made up and, you know, you're in charge of six budgets yourself, which is, which is pretty impressive. But can you talk to us a little bit more about New Hampshire? Um, you know, many states, um, there seems to be kind of a trend of school choice. And I'm wondering if that has kind of crept up in New Hampshire. You know, are there any teacher, teacher shortage issues? Like what are those main sticking points and main points that keep you up at night as a school business official? Right. Yeah. I mean, we all know nationwide public education is facing an onslaught. Um, we're really battling <laughs> for our nation's children. Right. Um, I think everyone is dealing with, um, with um, teacher shortages. Everyone's um, dealing with school choice. Um, New Hampshire is no different. Um, we've really seen an organized effort, however, in the last couple of years um, from groups whose, you know, seems like their primary prerogative is to erode public education. 
um, and in a push towards privatization. So this is in New Hampshire, we're seeing that at various levels of government. Um, at the local level, we have groups attending school board meetings, we have organized protests, There's, we have <laughs> um, seemingly endless um, freedom of information requests. In New Hampshire, they call them right to know requests. Mm -hmm. um, and those, those are all with a focus of targeting LGBTQ rights, DEIJ initiatives, um, our curriculum, um, you know, our, the selection of books in our library, um, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we've heard them all. Um, and it's, it's, there's really, it's, it's unfortunate because it's really a grassroots um, effort in New Hampshire. Um, New Hampshire is a very much a purple state. Um, so there's right. a wide or diverse um, political spectrum. Um, so we've, you know, we've seen a number of policy and rules changes. I, you'd be amazed, but the DOE actually um, just recently um, removed um, the licensure requirement for business administrators. So really, and what was the kind of the driving force behind that? Well, um, you know, there, there's there's a short shortage of business administrators, just like there's a shortage everywhere in education. And sure, um, the I think the the what the uh, the public um, intent was 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 that there are many qualified business professionals who can perform the job. Now, you and I both know that's not true. That's not yeah. Accurate. Governmental finance and private finance are very different. Right. But that's, that's, it's in line with the, um, that privatization, um, push, right. So there's, it was one of many licenses that were removed, um, from, from the state. Um, it's, you know, we, New Hampshire's local control, it's, um, live free or die. Sure. Um, so in any event, um, you know, we've seen, We've seen a good amount of legislation, um, including school choice initiatives. So school vouchers, we call them educational um, freedom accounts, um, as well as legislation like ancillary legis legislation that really erodes or degrades public education when you talk about like divisive concepts. So we have a divisive concepts law. Um, so, um, you know, as, as someone who grew up in New Hampshire and um, you know, I was educated in New Hampshire. It's, it's really disheartening. Um, and, but now I'm a, as an educational leader, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge that, that I personally deal with, um, and I'm faced with every day. It's a different um, lens. Yeah. One so, other kind of, uh, just uh, not to, not to belabor the point, but there, you know, no. New Hampshire is, is really an interesting, uh, state and, and great in so many ways. Um, but we we have a longstanding challenge in New Hampshire revolving around um, the funding formula. Okay. So um, the, the state Tough. has this this funding model that really provides for inequity between school districts. Um, there's very little funding from the state level. Um, and that's because New Hampshire has minimal revenue sources. We have no state income tax. We have no sales tax. Um, so they end up funding state education through some of our the, the vice taxes, like, um, you know, um, lottery, um, gas, yeah. et cetera. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, there actually has been a number of um, Supreme Court cases that have ruled, um, have <laughs> supposed to impel the, the state to address this issue because they're not providing an adequate education. 
Right. Um, and actually this year there was, um, the, and I will give the state credit um, in the, as part of the state budget, they did increase or, or they did adjust that formula and increase it. But we're talking like moving the per student adequacy from like 3,600 to like just over 4,000. So right. clearly that's not significant a student's mm-hmm. education. Um, so it's it really more symbolic than meaningful funding. Um, so really, so schools are funded at the local level via property. Right. So town property tax, yep. and this just creates, um, huge inequity between mm. towns and school districts. Um, you know, we, we, we pit large tax spaces versus those tax spaces that, that are, that have, that are smaller. Um, and this can be seen, you know, with a, the w- wide range of property tax rates and a huge variation on pu- per pupil costs. Um, the state average is pretty robust in New Hampshire. So in fiscal year 22, this, the per pupil state average was just over $19,000. Mm-hmm. However, big caveat, the range is between 14000 and 44000 Wow. And everywhere in between. That's a big range. It's based entirely on town property tax as the local assessment. So, yep. so I'm fortunate mm. in that I work on the seacoast in an affluent area where schools are well funded. Right. However, it's just it's just so completely unacceptable that there's such a discrepancy um, in differential um, between mm. schools um, in the in the same state. Um, you, you know you're gonna see it between states, but within the right. same state, you'd hope there'd be some um, some alignment. So. so the, the state has increased that per pupil spending about $400 per pupil. I mean, was that just kind of a one-time political move or do you think that's part of a larger movement in trying to create more equity financially across the state? Well, it, I mean, they were, they were rural. I mean, the Supreme court ruled that they had to address it. So, oh, so they were, had to do it. It was partially, 10%. but however, in so they forced the hand a little bit, they've ignored court right. rulings. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think, I think the, our legislators have realized it's an issue. Right. So they, they are, we are trying to address it. And, and, and I, I say 400, um, it's, it varies cause it's a, it, it varies by district. Right. So there's, there's a need, you know, so it's, it's not average. a straight 400. I'm just throwing yeah. out like a, sure, sure. Number. Um, it's, you know, mm. but, um, um, and more for us. Right here in an affluent area where that differential was 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 very small versus yeah, marginal a, a higher needs community like like Manchester, New Hampshire, sure. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So, but Something yeah, else. it's um, it's really um, well. There's some yeah. progress. You're really trying to change the game. It'll take some time, you know. Probably uh, as you you know speak out and others may feel the same, then they'll you know get together and uh, perhaps lobby more for, for additional changes. Um, but this has been really enlightening, uh, Matt. This is why we do this tour, <laughs> I tell you. Um, and so, as you know, as a, as a listener yourself, um, we always like to wrap it up with a really great piece of advice, you know, that you can provide our, um, our listeners. So, um, you know, whether you be looking back on your experience in emerging the program and what it's done for you or, or anything in general, um, what can you say to our fellow SBOs? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure how great the piece of advice will be, but um, one. Ah, that's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> one one topic that we um, that was a topic of conversation during the Emergent Leaders Program um, revolved around the 
the politics and communication piece of this role, that, that component sure. of the SBO. Um, and, and I think, and that was back in 2018. So that's even more important in this current highly more exacerbated now. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I didn't fully understand that role when I came into the <laughs> school business, um, leadership. So, um, there's just, there's at least in New Hampshire, there's significant power at the school board level and the budget committee level, um, which I was unaware of. And, and then the community level. Um, when we go to like town meetings. Um, and so it's real important to understand these processes um, and laws by state. And then that interaction with those important stakeholders, the, the developing those professional relationships with the school board, the budget committees, and the, all those um, community at large um, stakeholders. And it really needs to be that shared mutual respect. Um, so much of this job is working with disparate stakeholders, right? Um, and there's a lot of competing voices. Um, you're never going to satisfy everyone. So I've found that many of those loud individuals, those taxpayer groups, those pa like parents, whatever, right. um, they just need to be heard. Right. Um, I, I really take care not to dismiss and try to listen to those opposing views, have a conversation, um, and genuinely try to understand their point of view. We're not going to always agree. Right. Um, but I just, I find it helps to explain the school's rationale and justification of any sort of decision, investment, initiative, um, and where there may not be agreement, at least they understand where we're coming from. They have right. the correct information, so they're not putting out that wrong information, which we see so often. Um, right. and, and just, they just need to be heard sometimes. And I, I think that respectful discourse is, is essential in this role. Yeah. And I think agreeing to disagree is certainly okay. But, you know, at least when I hearken back to when I first started as a school business official, it took me a long time to kind of realize that. And as you said, Matt, the, the political piece is something that you can learn a lot about, but until you're in the seat, you know, it's really tough to kind of quantify and qualify what it takes to really balance and make sure that you're stakeholders are heard, you're able to prioritize opposing views. And I think overall, just gain the trust from your community. Because I think once you have the trust, it's okay to disagree. People know that you're not being malicious or coming at it from um, an agenda necessarily. But, you know, I think representing the students in the school is one of the most important things that we can do as, as school business officials. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, wow. thank you so much for, for coming on today and, and really encouraging to hear that we have a longtime listener too. So <laughs> now, <laughs> now you get to hear yourself <laughs> uh, and your car ride in. So, uh, but in all seriousness, thank you, Matt. Uh, really great introspect and we, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, Matt. Thank fun. you so much. Thank you again for tuning into SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Ferrara today. Really informative. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've been in the, the seat too long, so I'm not an emerging leader anymore, but it sounds like it could yeah. have been a great opportunity, but you know? It, yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to go last year. Um, and, of course, as being the official podcast, right, um, and actually presenting. But this is uber important uh for those young folks because he said he was new when he started right yeah. um and yeah. as we spoke john actually i went online and i saw this current year there are 20 folks 
Um, That's awesome. You know, part of this, the new one, um, actually there's somebody from New York too, Kevin Summer. You might know him as in Tulsa Central School District, yeah. um, but from everywhere, Minnesota, Pennsylvania. And he talked about that network and how they have that special reception, uh, which coincidentally, by the way, is you know, a little plug here, Security Benefits is sponsoring. Um, they sponsor that as well. And so, you know what? I mean, to have mentors that are uh, SFOs, so there's Sierra uh, Corley this year and Chad Green, to go through it with, again, 20 different folks, pretty much new, right? Under five years of industry. Yeah. It's it, it's something that um, you can't even put a value to it only because these relationships are budding and they're growing yeah. and, you, and you developing that network. And like he said it, right? He's already part of Massachusetts as well, right? right? And New Hampshire as well. Yeah. Um, but here he has another aspect of it. So um, having said that, this is great. We hope that folks that are, are new can really um, take this opportunity to, to jump on it. Yeah, it's an awesome opportunity and we hope you got a lot out of this episode and we'll see you next week.